Chris just offered me a position full time to be one of us. <laughs> Holy shit, one of us, dude. One Uh-oh. of us. <laughs> Are you gonna just... sit in today? No. No. You sure? I mean, uh, you can always sit always in. Always good. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> Happy Monday. I'm on the ones and twos. Card says one of us. The higher up you get in any business, the more autonomy you seemingly have. You are tied less to a schedule that requires you to be in a specific place at a specific time and free of the day-to-day things that are necessary for daily operations. Maybe. As an owner, how do you stay connected with your team? If you're in leadership, yeah, you're going to need to sit in on this one. If you're in leadership, how do you connect with team members that are above or below you? How do you keep a team feeling close and small when things get big i want to make you feel so small chris (laughs) wiser you want to sit on this one there i want to ask some clarifying questions Uh, (laughs) i got him he actually really likes to be on the podcast i know dude he's He's just just waiting for an invitation he's like you know what i'm looking to be the next bro rogan (laughs) well while you're waiting don't forget to sign on to our website, catandcloud.com, and check out the subscription service because it will do you right. It'll show up for you almost yeah, as much yeah. as we show up for you. Chris, I'm sitting next to the poison now. Cusco's poison? The poison chosen specifically for, po- Cusco. poison, for Cusco? Cusco's poison. Cusco's poison. That poison? That poison. That poison. Oh, yeah. All right. Cronk out. Yeah, he's doing his own theme music. He's doing his own... Theme, dumb, and tone deaf. Hi. Hi, Michael. Hey. How, was that? How was that card? Fun thing. It's a I good wrote, card. I wrote this card before Friday's meeting. <laughs> what happened on Friday's meeting? Yeah, what know. happened on was Friday's meeting? Was I even there? Just kidding. You don't have to refresh me. I actually forgot for a second what did happen on Friday's meeting. A lot of emotions. It was a very, yeah. It was a good one. Still got them. They're not quite gone because they're never going to leave. Uh-huh. The higher up, the more autonomy. Depending on the business, that's kind of true. Depending it on de- it, depends. Like we want you to be able to have the autonomy to get work done, but I don't. I don't know if that's true across the board. I think sometimes the higher up you get, the the more you're like required to be in weird places in certain businesses. Sure, you have different responsibilities. Yeah. you have. You definitely have different. You. Yeah, you have different responsibilities that aren't tied to, like, I have to be here at 5.30 to open this shop. Yeah, right. but then sometimes you also have the responsibility to be there all the time where some people get to come and go. So I, I would I would just have throw that caveat. I know there's managers at places who just work all the time because they moved up versus the people who get to kind of come and go. But there's I, another level, too. Yeah, I think the, the intro paragraph's interesting because you're talking about, you know, you don't have to be in a specific place at a specific time and you're kind of free of the day-to-day operations. In some ways, yes, if you compare it to a cafe where, you know, you have a certain start time, you know, be here at 5.30 so we can open at 6 and a certain end time, shift ends here. But it's not like people in the office aren't doing work on the day-to-day. You know, maybe you have a little bit more flexibility, like for you, right? It's like you have a set of things that you are required to do it doesn't live inside of a schedule box but you still have to deliver like so you still definitely have day-to-day responsibilities would you say that that's true yeah yeah i mean there's stuff that like i have to do that 
fits in within the week and I make up that schedule of like, oh, well, on Mondays I've decided that that's my day where I edit the podcast. Right. So that becomes a day in day thing. And right. then on Tuesdays I have meetings and so, yeah. yeah. And I think what you're talking about is, is cool because you have given yourself a structure, you know, okay, given that your job gives you a lot of freedom, if you don't have, if you take that freedom too far and run with it, then you don't get, you don't hit any of your marks, right? You won't get anything done. Sure. So at some point, like, you know, you have the autonomy, the structure is not gone. It has to be self-imposed. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't have any of that structure and you're just like, I can do work whenever and you don't do any and then Friday comes or a month comes or whatever comes and it's like, yeah, none of my projects are done. So that's one of the, the it's just that phrase day to day got me mm. in terms of everyone does work every day just in a different way. There's no like, I took a month off because I'm yeah. totally flexed. Right? You just become more in charge of your time. You, you can go get lunch whenever you want, which yeah. isn't true for people in the cafe. You could decide after working for two hours that I'm going to go for a run around the block. Like, or you that's might a work freedom all that night. you have for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for that, it's like the more direct things that a guest coming into our, coming through our doors is going to interact with the person who, um, you know, restock the condo stand more than they're going to interact with the thing you were working on before you went on a run sort of thing. And that's what I think my headspace was coming from, mm, from yeah. day to day. Cause it's like the condo stand gets restocked, you know, 20 times a day. I write maybe 10 emails <laughs> like on a Monday. <laughs> mm. Like that's, you know, day to day for me is like the, the, the stuff that happens every day sort of thing. I don't know. Hmm. Well, it, yeah. I mean, it is positional as well. I mean, even if I were to skip down So here. you're telling me you don't do any work. This is going to be a good... We're going to save some money in this conversation. Shh. This is going to be great. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's positional, though, too, right? Because if the impact of the impact of your work becomes bigger projects that are long-term, you are still doing work, which I think is probably what you're going to prodded him a little bit at is like you're still doing work in preparation of the deliverables and some of that work when you get to a certain level requires you to be really intentional and thoughtful which takes time right it takes sitting down and brainstorming having conversations some meetings some not trying to find the best way forward especially if you're a decision maker to whatever bigger project you're trying to put on so you may have autonomy you may be able to Load your day however it works for you to move towards that project. But yeah, even though you only have 10 emails, you might be spending the next eight hours of your day fully unable to focus on anything else if you want to do a good job because you are focused on a big goal. And that goal might not be hit today. And people who are un none the wiser may be like, what did that guy even do to none the wiser? See, do you? You see what I did there? <laughs> Chris didn't even get it. I was none so quick. the wiser. But yeah, people who are who are unaware right might be like well michael didn't do anything but write 10 emails today right yeah i think the the question is the question ultimately was stemming from that chris you had a drawing a while back where it was a boss and a person and it was they were both asking the same question Oh, like what do you even what do do you even do here what do you even do here yeah my my uh terry my partner she has this great story um, from when she was first working at UCSC. And 
uh, she helped basically got student teachers paid. And oftentimes people would come into her office. And one time one of them came into her office, like trying to, you know, figure something out. And then Terry was just swamped. And, but the person who came in was like, I have this problem. I need it solved right now. And the person was just like, what are you even busy with? Yeah. And Terry was just like, Oh, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? So it's kind of, it's, it's not asking that question of what you're busy with, but it's asking the question of how do you communicate that? Or if you're that, if you're removed enough, how do you stay connected to? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I mean, it's a challenging one. That's I've a, been thinking yeah. about it a lot, I, and I think being a middle-sized company is maybe the hardest place to do to answer that question. It's a really challenging place. I feel like smaller, fairly easy. Obviously, we've been there before because you're because you're, you're physically well, and you have to be in some capacity, yeah. right? Then there's this liminal. horribly tough weird place that in in my opinion that we're in now which is like you're too big to be little but you're too little to be big right and so in that transition is this place where a lot of people need to connect to a lot of different places of this business which i think depending on how it works for for us it's a struggle because you're kind of spread and then I, I believe, which is, I could be absolutely wrong, but I'm going to put my chips on this. When you get big enough that you can resource the appropriate team to work with, you can have that feeling of having a really small connected team that then connects to another small connected team. We've painted this picture before, right? If we have great, amazing team leaders and a coordinator, then there's two people at a store who are able to really connect tightly with a group of 10 to 12, which means each one of them works, you know, we're going to say whatever, with six to eight people. Yeah. Right. So you have two amazing leaders connecting with six to eight people. Both are responsible for the entire store. One is ultimately able to make the call. And in a great world after that, if they don't need a ton of help with the people that work for them, you have somebody, whatever, like myself or a GM who's able to work with four to six amazing leaders and connect with them. Should the timing all work out, right? Which is something we're working through in this interim phase. If they have their systems, their training, all this stuff relatively hums, you got an ability to connect there, which can make it feel small. And to take it back to where I'm at now is it's like, if there's a need for the person who is, or anybody to connect beyond those core people, that's great. It's possible, but it does require an extension beyond like what some, what one person is able to do. Right. Like the way my therapist once took, gave me this, I thought it was wise. Like everybody is able to handle their own stuff. They become overwhelmed when they start having to take on everybody else's stuff. And he was referring to that in the context of like taking on your parents' things as we often are done. We're handed handed stuff from other people. And that doesn't work perfectly cleanly in an analogy with business, but it's also true, right? If you're able to handle, if you have a job that is your job, for the most part, with the exception of learning and obviously being challenging, you could probably handle that. But the minute you need to step in and help with other people's jobs, it becomes more challenging. And I think that's where it is extremely hard in a middle-sized company. And it's hard all the time. But why can't we do what you just described? Like, why can't that be how we operate now? I think it can. You know what I mean? It's It's super challenging. So if we have four cafes, a roastery, why can't Portola 
just be Portola? Be why can't Swift just be Swift? Why can't, you know, because one of the things we've talked about is if we put strong team leaders and coordinators at each cafe, the idea is that they operate like autonomous yeah. units in the same way. That's how it worked when we only had one location. And you I know? think we keep getting better at it, but I don't think there's a current tenure where we've had enough people running those stores for that long to feel super confident on their own. A hundred percent. Right. So I guess what I'm, what I'm so kind I think of it's still possible. Yeah. That's what I'm kind of poking at. Is it, is it our size or is it our, you know, how we've tenure. set ourselves up in our circumstances? I, you know I don't know. I mean? I'd say they all work. It's hard for me because I think they all work together. I think everything's connected and that's how I look at things. I don't necessarily think you're wrong in poking at that. Well, I guess why would it be easier when we're bigger? I think when you're potentially larger that you have, it's hard to tell. I think there's, there's the ability to have more resources dedicated to different places. Like monetarily? I think a little bit monetarily, yes. And I think, well, yeah, I'd say at this point. Monetarily, monetarily and brain space, too. But bra I think brain space, right? To be able, with, with that monetary right to where you're going and maybe, and you can totally jump in. With that maybe comes the ability to task less like people have a lot to do but there's not necessarily a need for somebody to do more than uh, what they're doing now you know for i just think that we are sharing that load and we're learning to share that load across the board and there's that learning phase but if we didn't have to then there's an ability to focus and be like you know i can trust that my for the most part call it 80 percent of the time this is how my brain my time this is what it's going towards and i think when that we have that mid-size it's it's a little tougher people have to pick up the paces a little bit for example, to speak back into the, the scale of things, and you guys are saying that, like, ah, I have autonomy to work on projects, but uh, they're not tied to, you know, a business that opens from 6.30 to 3. So in that, I can work on these things that I think are really important. These are tools like the shelf talkers in our cafes. We have a system that we're working on putting in place so that the team can utilize these shelf talkers, these tools um more better mo better mo better i like it <laughs> and i have the brain space to do that because i don't have you know i'm because i'm not required to be in there doing all these other tasks because i have the brain space for it we're working on a new training system we're working on this passport system that we're able to have the brain space for because you are in a position where you're in a leadership position where you're untied from Again, a space that's open from, you know, set time to set time where you have to be on the floor doing the guest service. And that's kind of where, again, it was coming from of like, be, you guys are removed from the things, mm -hmm. w the required things you have to do. And in a space where you get to do these things that you meant your mental energy want to do, woo, outflow. Oh, I wonder if it's about to get super, super real, real right here. <laughs> no, they go around the side. We're about so to get a grease Does that trap make up. more sense? So it's just like resources as far as mental energy is makes a lot of sense to me. Not just like monetary paying people for their time, which is important, but kind of. I'm just still not completely sold yet. Sure. Because it's like we don't work in the cafe at all. Yep. We don't work in the roastery at all. So what changes if we're three times the size? You mm. know, we have, <clears throat> and I think the way you're making the distinction is a little bit 
troublesome because you're like, because you're not here, you get to do these things. I think it it paints one as a picture of this is work and this is extra. And I'd argue that they're both like equally important work and you need them both to, like, think to, to it, work in tandem. Think you know of it I mean? as, yeah, think of it as last week we were moving the roastery. Yeah. And one of the big tasks was moving those pallet racks. I could lift one of those, like one of the cross beams by myself. It sucked. But I could do it. You get another person on there, instantly doubling your team, easier work. So that's where it's just like you have more ability to do more things when you grow and when you get bigger. When you, when you have a bigger team, think of like if we had another cafe and we had another team leader and another coordinator and they were going to the team leader meeting and there was a problem that came up well now instead of having four people you've got five people who are trying to figure it out yeah. or it's just kind of like I, a growth thing i don't think those analogies mesh because we're already at like a pretty decent size right oh it's we like, are you know it's not i would argue well because what you're arguing is that that adding these more team leaders adding another cafe you're in this middle-sized business that things become more challenging and then at some point they become less challenging so i'm asking what fundamentally changes to make it less challenging? Yeah. Well, because my hope would be that the that there is more support for that group that you're speaking of, right? More, more resources physically, human-wise, so that team leaders and coordinators, right, are able to support that team specifically and consistently without without as much need for problem solving and i think that that requires space for us and team leaders and by us i mean any anybody who has the space in the in executive leadership and team leaders to be able to spend time solving problems what are those what do those resources look like like what are they specifically for me, everything is space and time, right? So that requires that it basically either is that, whoops, sorry, we haven't, if I'm trying to problem solve it, we or any company, right, didn't, didn't or hasn't put enough time into solidifying foundations from the beginning or haven't had the resources of human beings to be able to button up a program. And therefore, the work is harder for the whole, across the whole company, we could say, right? So, whether that's happened or doesn't in any other company, that's where I feel like the resource management is helpful. Helpful. The mm. ability to problem solve, have somebody who is able to just spend their time or somebody's actively pursuing better, creating and clarifying and training a system, right? With everything that you learn comes like a reiteration, a training, time spent, clarity, integration, right? You have this idea that comes from 20,000 million feet down to how we use it every single day. And everybody needs to understand that. So for me, what maybe forever will be the challenge or that I'm hoping and feeling like the dedication of resources too will allow us to have space to solve those problems in completion. Or we have this other side, which I believe you're probably gonna speak to, which is like, no matter what, we're gonna have this and you're gonna have to chip away indefinitely. I just have a you kind of it comes down to like the time you can or want to spend on how yeah. long the process is. I don't disagree with your philosophy. I'm more disagreeing with the size aspect of it because it's like we have that opportunity right now. You know what I mean? 
we have the freedom and the flexibility to do all those things right now. It seems like it's more of just like a, we haven't done them, so we need to do. There's certain foundations mm. we haven't set up, so we need to set them up. But it doesn't seem like our size is holding us back. If anything, it's... um. Uh, we have a fresh group of leaders in the cafes, so sure. there's, um, it would be different if we had people who were tenured at, you know, um, if each team leader had three years under their belt. That would be helpful leader, for sure. So that I, would be I like hear a you there. Completely yeah. different yeah. thing, yeah. right? I guess what we're looking at is a concept versus, I guess, to me, which which would be the reality, right? If we had a few more resources, then, because I hear you, we have this group, but. You know, in our conversation on Friday, it was like, hey, could we? is there anybody anywhere who can utilize time to cover shifts on the floor when people get sick? And, like, we do need to work on being better at that as a whole. But there wasn't any extra resources really for that. Right. But, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? This is, this, this is, this is kind of how that gets going. So you're yeah. like, if we had more resources, maybe we have one or two more people, three more people to start filling those gaps See, uh, in some capacity, which would allow us to maybe – spend time problem solving well this gets this gets, this gets kind of messy and it's like this kind of ooh, it's hard to talk about this in a way that doesn't seem like i'm putting somebody on blast so this is just like like hypothetical yeah right it's like because i everything everything flows uphill right so it's like we ah, fuck <laughs> <laughs> well it's all challenging so i get it it's like a challenging concept too well, no, we had, I mean, just like, I don't even know how to talk about this based on like the feedback that we got last week. Right. We were talking about things on the podcast and someone was like, oh, it sounds like you're putting your employees on blast. And it's like, no, that's not it. But this is like, these are like real things that we're working through. So here's some, just like, here's some ways that I think about things and I'm willing to accept whatever responsibility like we have in part of this. Sure. Right. So it's like, let's say you have an organization of 70 plus people like we do. Right. All the way from the top down. It's like, there's no way that I'm going to have an intimate, deep relationship with 70 plus people. It's just not possible. Like I don't, there's not enough of any one person to go around and develop solid relationships with each and individual human and most people don't do that in their regular life as well so most how could people they don't, yeah i definitely don't have 70 friends not yeah. even nowhere close yeah. you know what i mean i have a like everything breaks down into handfuls so it's like you have a handful of people that you really trust yeah. you have a handful of people you have these deep meaningful relationships with mm -hmm. and i mean you even see that in things like the military too where they have like breakout teams it's usually like four or five from what i've read mm -hmm. so you know the whole group is much much larger right yeah, but there's the someone mm -hmm. in control of or responsible for like this smaller group of people mm -hmm. so i feel very comfortable having a deep relationship with the people on the executive team and even more specifically the smaller slice of the executive team that i work with on a regular basis right right that's you wiser that's you charles gessler it's like that's like my core right cat and cloud group and i've good relationships with everybody else on the executive team but it's just not as deep as those right and then it goes out from there and that's why team leaders at the cafe are so important because they like in my perfect world you could see someone like jorge you could see someone like kylie and in the best version of everything it's like people look up to that person 
with the same reverence and awe and inspiration that is usually only reserved for you know CEOs yep. or business owners or whatever. This because is why we totally. My gut feeling is there's nothing special about the people that decided to start the business other than they decided to start the business, right? Like everybody has the opportunity to step up and be a leader and lead people. And that's why they're so important because at scale, it can't operate. And then there's like this little side cultural thing that's that's happening too, which is the workers who work here, the frontliners need to really be here because they love the work and also believe in the mission of the company more right. so than just, I want to get FaceTime with the owner because that's not sustainable or is it really useful? You know what I mean? It's not. It's, Absolutely. So- if we could reach an ideal, let's say, where each individual cafe could operate like its own little sovereign state that's, okay, cool, like, it brings in the values and the framework and the structure of the greater company, but it's its own thing, you know? The team leader at the cafe is responsible for how the cafe works. Yeah. You know? Then, when things like what you're describing happen, like... Hey man, we don't have anybody to cover shifts. It's like, well, you—that's on you. Yeah, you know. And I'm—I'm I'm not again. I'm not putting any of our employees on blast. I'm just saying, in this world where that can happen, like, it has to be owned fully by the cafe because the greater universe of Cat and Cloud is not responsible for providing frontline employees to run each individual cafe. Even given that one of our values. It's teamwork, something we really value, right? Mm-hmm. Teamwork isn't, you know, there's there's this dance between teamwork and responsibility. Like, teamwork isn't picking up the pieces for everybody else. Teamwork is allowing everybody to work on their own highest contribution and being able to do great things together. Yeah. You know? So, so in that, and then, like, here's where our ownership piece is. It's like, have we created an environment have we created a system? Have we trained effectively enough for whoever the team leaders are to be able to fill those slots when they need to, to be able right, to, to feel s- that connectivity <clears throat> or to, or even just on something as simple as the staffing. Oh, like, have we taken the time to say like, okay, here's how projections work. Here's how summer months work. Here's like your expect. Here's how you would like estimate expected rates of attrition. Here's mm-hmm. how you, Yada, 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 all of these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I think we're still getting there. Like, I don't think, I don't, and that's kind of what we talked about on Friday is like, I think there is is a huge opportunity for us to work more closely with the people who are team leaders and just get them, I hate to say training because it makes it sound like it's a kid, but just like to be able to like impart more knowledge or share more tips and tricks of the trade and, and, well, and sometimes like, it's just even. The, I think that's the thing is I think our team is so talented and they've they're hired to be team leaders and coordinators because they've earned the right to speak on behalf of the company. So, what I feel like I'm hearing more in those conversations is, I want to make sure I'm doing a good job and moving in the right direction. And they're because of the the lack of tenure and like the 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 inexperience is specifically maybe a team leader they don't have sometimes the confidence that maybe we have had because of our need at times just because we have to make a decision because it's our company, right, to make certain decisions. They might need an ear. They might need a head. 
sometimes more so than they maybe even need training, and then the calibration confirms what they maybe already know, in my belief. And sure. I'm, I'm hearing yeah. that a lot. I don't disagree lot. with you either. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, think you do either. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are way more capable than they give us credit for. I mean, I would say for. all of our team leaders are, are a lot better than they give themselves credit for. I would, I would personally believe that. However, I can absolutely see that it can feel lonely out there and like you're a little bit on an island when you are that person and you are young because I feel that way not being quote-unquote young, even though I would say I'm a young business owner. We, I think we feel that way a lot. You kind of feel like you're on an island. Sure. So I, I do. Big truck. Expo big. Logics, big. big. Logistics. I think we got some green coffee coming in. So that yeah, dude pulled in here like a champ. He did pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We, um, We're in a really – and again, I'm not – no, I'm, your ideal is what we set out to do. Like that is how we've always said this has to work. And it's I just got to make it super clear that I'm not putting anybody on blast. I'm like speaking in hypothetical situations. You know what I mean? How some of them, hypothetical, idealistic. Some situations. of them definitely happen, right? It's like we run into those staffing things. We run into these things. So yeah. it's like I guess what I'm saying is, in terms of, I don't necessarily know if like we get to a certain point and then all the resources just like fall from heaven because what i see is as things get bigger people have more deniability because things become much more fuzzy to where it's like you know when you have one cafe it's like if you have one cafe everybody goes for that whose job is it to hire staff train everything in the cafe well it's obviously the manager or the team leader or the owner of the cafe you know mm-hmm. there's no fuzziness into what needs to happen it's yeah. like we have to get this done but then when you have a cafe and then you have some business owners and there's some people in the office it's like oh yeah i don't know well we really need this resource we need that resource we need that resource scale it up when companies get even bigger then there's an hr department and it's like oh yeah it's really hr's job to do this this that and we have a Recruiter, this, this, and that. And then it's like. Yeah, it could be like that. I mean, it's like that most places. I mean. Yeah, I would would hope that we wouldn't be like that, but it could be like that. I mean, I see it here a little bit. And I think that's, again, I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. That's on us for setting up this system. But I think it's. um, It. 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 It definitely happens, mm-hmm. not just in the cafe. I mean, it happens with our work too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only a frontliner thing. I mean, when when we're in the executive team and we're just batting around ideas, it's, sometimes we'll come up with something, and then it's like, okay, go, and everyone just kind of like, well, who, who's doing what? what? Yeah, and then yeah. it's like, I need this, and then I need that, and then I f- oh, like I didn't do this because this didn't happen. I think what you're, what I'm hearing is, or something that I'm thinking of is is level of importance. So a team leader for a cafe is going to have a a different importance for a social post about their hours than I, as the marketing team leader, is going to have about it to where it's... So like in the scope of the big picture, in the scope of the big picture, it's, it's, so how do you communicate that? How do you communicate those importances so that everybody understands what one another is thinking as far as, so directly speaking, uh, last year when we were having like all these staffing issues and hours, staffing issues as in like people were being sick, yeah, COVID waves. COVID waves, and we were having to post a lot of like temporary hours and stuff like that, all of the team leaders would be like, hey, we're going to be closed tomorrow with this. Can you post this on social? And it just got to be a point where it's like every day we were posting a new like, hey, Portal is going to be closed. And it's like, a majority of the people that were seeing those posts online 
are people that don't even live here. So for me, it was just like, what message are we sending? And is Do you this... know that for a fact, though? Yeah. How? Analytics, baby. You can see where the people live yeah. that are looking? Yeah. That's interesting. And so it's just... Bye, green truck. Uh, oh, he's staying. Nah, he's just stopping. <clears throat> yeah. So it's just like, are the are, are multiple things. Are the people who actually... Is that information going to actually be important to? Are they going to actually see it in a timely manner? Questionable. Um, is it reaching the amount of people? Like, it's just like, what are we doing? Are we informing the people who need to know? Or are we showing to everybody else that, hey, like, things are really kind of wild here right now? Well. Like, it's, so, that, I'm not yeah. saying, like, I'm not trying to be on either side of that argument. I'm just trying to say, like, no, I just think that's the, the team leaders thought happening. it was really important to post on social that we were closing at a certain time, where I all I was seeing was all we were doing was posting that we were closing at different times. So it's just like, you know, having that line of communication between the two ends where it's like, I'm up here looking at a bigger picture, and they're down here looking at, like, we have to close at two today. It, so it's like it's bridging that gap. That doesn't feel like it's directly connected to what I was talking about, but no, yeah, that's that, why I was yeah, saying, yeah, like I don't know. I, and and that that's interesting because I feel like you both have valuable points of view. Yeah, you know. So for because me, in on one end, well, and our situation dictates a lot of what's going to be happening, right? Yeah. So if we're in the middle of the pandemic, kind of the rules for social engagement are a little bit different than they are or the norms for social engagement are a little bit different than they are in non-pandemic times. Yeah. Because people are expecting wild and crazy hours. You know, after those, <clears throat> excuse me, after the first several months, people are like, okay, we're in for a roller coaster for the yeah. next who the fuck knows how long. And I know for me, as a as a customer of places, I would always, like, Instagram was the place that I would go to check to see if people were even open. Yeah. So maybe... You know, maybe as a smaller percentage, maybe a, sm a small percentage of the people who were viewing our Instagram were looking at it to check ours. But to those, you know, maybe 20 or 30 out of 40,000 who see our posts, like that means a lot. So I would say those those things are kind of in tandem. They're both equally important. I wouldn't say that they're, you know. That's where that's that is tricky because you, you know, there are yeah. different kinds of big pictures, right? Because yeah. like so, you're you're a support, you have your own role in terms of things like the web store and stuff, but all the things you create support the bigger thing. Yeah, support and and the cafes are, you know, kind of a very big part of Cat and Cloud's footprint. Yeah. Right? So uh, what I was basically saying with all of that was basically aligning on, like. We're working on this because it's important for X, Y, Z sort of thing. Right. Well, and, I mean, I, my brain lives in a, a place in between those, which is you essentially have identified, I mean, and maybe your example is not the perfect one for this, but in the concept would story be- Story of my life. You, no, 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 it works. <laughs> I think it actually works, but it works in this context, which is, I think, where you bring it back to this conversation and where resources or time or dedication helps is like- you identified what you just said there to a bit of an issue, a couple different issues. There's an issue of how do we communicate something well, right? And it sounds like there's a good way of, as a company, you're putting something out there which is better than nothing. You're saying it's not going to the people we'd like for it to be communicated to as much as we'd like. There's an issue, right? 
but that's kind of what I'm talking about across the board. Like we, this is the struggle with resources is a lot of the things we're seeing is we would like to elevate the experience of working here, being a part of this training education. Like we see all of these opportunities for growth as we grow and you continue to do that time and size, right? Like the amount of time you're open, you see things that don't work as well as you thought they did. You need to evolve them, evolve them. What I think I struggle with and what I'm bringing up in this conversation is we don't have a lot of time and resources nor do our team leaders and coordinators to recreate and reintegrate, right? That's where I think I keep struggling with. Where do you find, and maybe this is just a good question for everybody and an opportunity for us and that's what we've begun working on talking about even more in depth on Friday, even though we've talked about this a lot, is yeah. how do we reallocate, reallocate or allocate in general resources to elevating, locking in, creating, recreating this foundation that worked for a long time and now needs to evolve, knowing that we don't, I wouldn't feel necessarily comfortable because of the time constraints, putting it on a team leader and a coordinator, but I still believe in need that team leader and coordinator to be able to own, operate, run, and live by whatever those things are independently for us to be able to ever do anything even more or as well as we could, right? So that's where I feel like I live in this paradox of how do we make that happen well? And it feels like that's where you could be like, well, if I had a little more resources some in some capacity for whoever, then we would be able to have more time to dedicate it to that. Otherwise, you are facing what we are doing, which is putting and maybe this is just with every business right you just have to change the way you're doing things now to conquer that mountain right you change the way we all run resources for a little bit to to prioritize and that's where maybe wiser's talking about importance is like we all do need to clarify what's the most important for now to make the world better later and you just that's what i live in is like how do we you identify those things. Where do we put what, when? Which well, yeah, because I mean, there's an opportunity cost to everything. Exactly. You know, and there's that's a the finite challenge. amount of time, attention, and money always. That's like one of the, right. I don't know if it's the hardest thing about thing. running a business, but it's kind of one of the most annoying things. Um, <laughs> it's a frustrating we're recording, thing. We're recording outside because we don't have the money to Yeah, it was just raining on us. We <laughs> were recording fine. in the rain. <laughs> it's and fine. It's great. You know what I mean? That, that's, that's minor, but I guess, yeah. you know, I'm not saying that more resources would be bad. That's not I don't what think I'm you saying. Are. It's a good and argument. I'm, I'm just kind of more saying is like, if we suddenly grow, does that actually mean we have more resources? Because yeah, sometimes, it, sometimes it feels like as we grow, we do a lot more, but time gets almost tighter. Things are trickier you know things are like sure we have more um more resources in some ways but it's not like adding another cafe or growing a certain amount of wholesale like magically shifts i I feel like the Mm -hmm. situation is more of more of the same no i I know i hear you i think what we're speaking to is you need to be able to find ways to reallocate work together and prioritize yeah because i i hear you it's like people wonder oh how do you just open another cafe you must be killing it's like not really you take a very very small loan out and then you made a bet on chris charles and i's houses that we're going to be successful in 10 years (laughs) that's (laughs) you sign the paper this this is something that you know people think it's you have a lot of money to do that but you don't actually have a lot of money to open a cafe we talked about this on uh friday when we were going over to the garage and it was just like, how do you align expectations of what the frontliners think a boss or an owner is supposed to be? Like, oh yeah, yeah. 
Because to me, that like the frontliner is going to be like that goes back to the drawing where it's just like, what do they even do here? Like they don't show up. I'm here every day. How do you how do you inform them of what you're working on and you why don't. it's important? I mean, you show it's it's a show don't tell situation. Yeah. Like when I drew that drawing, I yeah. think the the reason that people, owners and employees, talk crap about each other is because there's something negative going on that's either left unsaid or you know swept under the rug or there's some sort of tension that's not right. I think in a, you know, in a ideal world, <clears throat> you you as the business owner, like a big a huge chunk of your responsibility is to set up the environment that people can do their best work in, right? Yeah. You provide this vision, you provide a mission, you, you're, you're inspirational, not as just a human being, but you're like, hey, this is how the world could be a better place if we do this thing. Here is the positive impact that can happen, and this is this is the way we do it. Like, this is, it's not the only way to do it, but like, this is this what is we the, believe. <clears throat> this is the cat and cloud way, and coffee for us is our conduit. You could do the same thing with all kinds of stuff, you yeah. know? We believe in hospitality. We believe in service. We believe in the amazing things that happen when you can come into a place and be truly cared for. And that is like, that's really special. So that doesn't happen by itself, you know? So our job is to both tell those stories, inspire people, set up some level of training and create an environment where those, where those things can flourish. Like if we do a good job of that, it's much more likely that the employees are going to come in and have this positive experience. And yeah. it's not, you know, 10 out of 10. There's always some things it's that are amiss, you know. Humans are but humans. But overall, yeah, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has bad days. Everybody, you know, whatever. We're not perfect, not by a long shot. But when, when you have those places where those things are clear and the foundation is set, it's much easier to come to work and focus on what you need to do. And you don't, you're not ever wondering, like, man, I don't even know what Chris does. I don't even know... But once things start to get a little hairy, once you start working, I've worked overtime like five days in a row. Like, um, I don't get any training or education from my manager. I don't actually know why I'm here. No one talks to me about the contribution that I'm having ever. I haven't had a review in three months. I've been here for a year and no one's ever even said like, hey, I saw this, this and that. I've never got feedback. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how I'm doing. Like once all those things start to happen, then it's just like. What the fuck do those guys even do? And that's not a completely ridiculous question because no. if none of those things are happening, what is the ownership doing? Mm -hmm. What are they doing? And I, and I totally get it because I've yeah. been that guy mm -hmm. and I see how easy it is to slip into that because this goes back to your original question too because once you, once you start to build something of scale and it starts to generate a certain amount of revenue, you know, revenue that allows you to have the freedom and flexibility that you're, you're talking about – it is a lot easier to just kind of pull the Homer Simpson and just kind of like back into the bushes and just kind of write a check for yourself and not do the work of continuing to perpetuate that awesome culture. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do that, like we all know what businesses look like when the owner has no involvement, even if we, and in, you know, it doesn't, their involvement doesn't have anything to do with them showing up in the cafe every day. We, and that's why I say show, don't tell. It's like, you see it, you feel it. It's a palpable energy. Yeah. You know, so I get why employees ask that. And then it's the same thing on the flip side for the owners to the employee. Like when the employees are crushing it, 
no big deal. The owner's not mad. But when the employees are kind of slacking or hanging around or complaining about this, whether it's like pay range or hours or yada, 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 it's really easy as a business owner to be like, the fuck are you doing? Do your job. Right. But it's a, it's a circ, it's a circular feedback loop. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, well, they're, sign they're, else is yeah, happening. it's a yeah. sign that something else symptom. is wrong. And that ultimately comes back to you. It's like, right. okay. And that's what I was talking about earlier. It's like, if, <clears throat> And I'm, I always say Portola because it's our first location. I'm not actually calling out Portola, but it's like if Portola is constantly understaffed, you know, over and over and over again, I'm not even saying that's the case, but if it was, at some point, we have to look at ourselves, not just the person who's running Portola and say, like, have we set up this person, you know, whether that's training, whether that's right. expectation, what, space, maybe. It's, like, what, it's a whole laundry mm-hmm. list of things, like, because at some point we can't just point the finger at everybody else. Like, yeah. Every party has to take responsibility. Every party is entering into an agreement in their own free will, and everybody has a responsibility to do the work. So, mm-hmm. so right. That was a big rant. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, know, you got to think. Go. I was just gonna try to tie that to like stuff that's happening right now, where it's just like, like we're dealing with trying to like keep people on and not have as much you know attrition and there is some of that conversation of like what are you working on and we're realizing that like oh we need to work on our training so that people are equipped with these tools i don't know i lost i lost my train of thought but like it's well no that's kind of that's 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 a part that's a perfect example because at some point you know because there have been some staffing issues and it would be really easy for me to to go back to that ideal world and say like, hey, you're a sovereign owned cafe. You just fucking deal with it, right? Yeah. But what you're but, working on now is we are coming together and working on it. All right, cool. But like, well, how what can are the we symptoms equip- that are maybe contributing? What, what are right. the things that are contributing? What how can we do? How has Santa Cruz evolved since we opened this company? And do we need to look at things differently because that's what it is? Do we not? Do we not? You know, like we're exploring it all because yeah. we care. And that's how you have to enter the agreement. You you know, both parties have to enter the agreement in good faith yeah. as well. To yeah. where it's like, I need to believe in a situation like that, that the person who is the leader of that cafe or that department, whatever is doing the best that they can, <laughs> you know, they're getting checked in with by the person who they're, they're most connected with, you know, everybody reports to somebody in some way, yeah. shape or form. It's like, and I'm not believing that they're just slacking just for funsies. Right. So right. If, if there's a problem that ends up happening over and over again, it's worth taking a closer look at and seeing, okay, you know, how do we need to fix this like yeah. what can we do to again create that environment or set up the system and that's what we're doing to yeah. where it's like okay what's actually the most efficient way to onboarding people because to onboard people because we have this old system that's fine but it's not great you know yeah it's uh, it keeps certain people out it's a little bit confusing it's very strict mm-hmm. for reasons that made sense at the time but probably don't make sense anymore yeah you know so if we as an ownership group can start to work on that and then pass that down, everybody's work gets easier. I mean, yeah. you can see that reflected in bigger companies too. The most recent simple one for me, which love my Disney, but it's I like- I was about to say Disney. But it is, right? You like, you have this Bob Iger character, which guaranteed all those hundreds of thousands of employees have no idea what he's doing day in and day out. They trust him. Passes it on to this dude, Bob Chipek. And the feelings from the team are loud enough over time that between the team and the world, 
they start renaming this dude Bob Paycheck because they like the way that things got integrated made it feel like they're this dude's penny pinching and, and make nickel and diming all the guests and everybody so that the company makes a lot of money in ways that take away from what they do in the core and the yeah. heart and the soul. Yeah. And then as soon as Bob Iger comes back, even though he's technically given like a really hard, they both were given something hard, by the way. I don't know. I don't Running think Bob Chapek did a good Running job. Running Disney. Running Disney's hard. <laughs> Typically easy Pandemic job. hard. But Bob Iger comes back and there's this immediate belief that the company is going to be better. And does he do everything perfectly? Guaranteed no. But there's a belief in a known truth and it's felt across the world that yeah. this place is going to go back in a direction that is better. And there's And then it begins feeling better there. And that's the same concept where it's like it is a two-way street. Some somehow right. this dude Bob Iger, who for sure has never shook hands or high fived or even said hi to probably seventy percent of the people who work there, is believed in enough by it, the masses that they're willing to keep doing what they do yeah. imperfectly as it is, because that organization is not perfect and there's so much work I'm sure that can be done. But there's a challenge, and that's what we, you know, that's what you try to do as an owner and a leader yeah. is find a way to connect people to a bigger picture and where we're going and how we do things and find a way that to show them it matters. Yeah. And that's that's, a, we do a that really a good example. And as you were saying, Chris, that there's a, you know, a level of trust. Well, like he painted it perfectly because yeah. there is, you know, the leader follower relationship begins with an act of faith and belief. Yep. And then over time, each party has the opportunity to either reinforce that, that belief, belief right. or break it down. And then you have a track record. So when you get the new CEO and he starts blowing it right away and they switch back to Iger, even though Iger hasn't even done anything yet, it's his first day in office, because of that track record, everyone's like, oh, we're good. breath of fresh air, yep. everything's going to be fine. Yep. And that in and of itself creates change That's in the, the organization. Right. Every single leader on the way from zero to hero, whatever that means, you know, but... Just the, like the, that. Yeah, I just used a Disney. I had to do it. That's why I did it. But it's true. Like, then the quality of work changes too. You know, what we could argue anywhere is that the level of belief and involvement and dedication that the, the leader that works directly with you has in the company, the work that's going on, is going to reflect on everybody who works for them. So that's where you have this opportunity. So if everybody doesn't believe in Bob Chapek, they don't do as good a work, and that feeling filters everywhere. Also Even if they do fuck. the same level of work, but they don't put in the energy and morale-boosting energy that goes with it, it actually doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. Yeah, and, and Bob so just it came all works in together. with the worst last name ever. I like know, He dude. just kind of pre-roasted himself, dude. Know, dude. <laughs> Paycheck, it was just written on the like, wall. They're like, we can just switch this like all around. waiting for him. It's like, well, I'm going to get this motherfucker, <laughs> yeah, dude. Somebody saw it, they're like, that spells it perfect. People walking, hey, 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 Just add a Y. Just add a Y. Paycheck. Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places. YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. 
All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week. <laughs>